0: And blessed are the people whose God is the Lord, huh? Hmm. That's how good it is to be in His presence. He says in His presence is fullness of joy. In His presence is life. In His presence is healing. In His presence, all that we need is found. Father, I ask that your presence would just settle in our lives, across this this place, across the hearts, the minds, and the spirit. You almost just started this time with us just breathing deep, taking you in so we just take a moment right now and our focus is you it's on you it's about you it's your life just whatever it is right now that you that you need just breathe it in from him if it's healing If it's encouragement, he says he's closer than the breath of our nostrils. If it's hope, if it's thanksgiving, if it's appreciation, if it's difficult or it's wonderful, and he's here. Father, thank you for loving us and your presence that's so good to us. These aren't songs, they're prayers. We do sing hallelujah. We do thank you for your mercy and your your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness and all that you want to do in us, Lord. God, this platform is yours. This stage is to elevate you. It's about you. That's what matters to us. May that be the thing tonight and through the weekend that we we enjoy that we all partake of and that we all find as the, that's the common denominator right there. We love you and we bless you. Thank you for drawing us together. And I pray it in your name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, why don't you greet each other as you sit down real quick. <clears throat> really glad that you are here. Uh, it was mentioned earlier. Um, that you have notes, and if you grab those notes real quick, there's a couple of fill-in-the-blanks, so you'll need a pen or a pencil for, uh, for that. It's not a long message, it's a part two to something that I started last week. And uh, I realized last weekend was a little bit of a weather event. I don't know how your trees did. Here were mine. Uh, in my backyard, I've got um, two huge maples and three really big ash trees that have been growing for 20 years And they're at that place where, you know, um, like in the summertime, I love them. And in the fall, I despise them, you know, like that. But they hadn't even turned colors yet on my ash trees. And in one four-hour period last Sunday, every leaf fell off. Did that happen to any? I I, I am. That's not exact. I mean, literally, I'm watching them drop by the hundreds. And so we spent uh, the better part of yesterday. Um, Yeah talking about moving. That's what we really, (laughs) but the weather last weekend was funky. And because of that, I know that uh, several of you didn't have a chance to hear the message. So I, I I just put it this way in my notes. Please listen to last week's message. It's really important. I don't want to spend hardly any time talking about it uh, today and take away from what God wants to do uh, today. But I just really want to encourage you, um, everything that we teach, all of our messages, everything is archived on our website, jfc.org. It's all free. You can get it anytime. You can stream it. uh, You can download it, um, give it away, but it's there for you. So when I say something like, hey, listen to it. Really, I'm trying to make it as easy as possible, and it's critical because to get part uh, one of what I'm going to talk about, um, you need to hear it, and here's why why I'm even encouraging you to do it, above and beyond uh, any other message. Um, I started to share last weekend some of the things, vision for the future, some things that God has put uh, on my heart, I've been sharing with the leadership, we're excited about it, talking about 2019 and going even into 2020, some of the things that we want to see happen, and I just feel like... um, it's important enough to take a couple of minutes just to ask you uh, to listen to it. Here's where I pulled it from. We were in Israel not that long ago, about a month ago, uh, five weeks ago. And uh, on one of the days where the group heads down to the Dead Sea, um, Chris and I didn't. We stayed back in Jerusalem, and there's a practical and a um, reality to it. The practical is this. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I had a, a heart attack, and I have to take some medicine. That makes it really difficult to be in extreme heat temperatures. And when we're there in September, down uh, at the Dead Sea, it can get to 110, 115 degrees, and it just doesn't agree with me physically. The other reason is uh, we were tired and wanted to have a late breakfast that morning. So um, we we kind of held back, and um, the, the group was gone. We had fun, and then um, I, I, I just um, I felt like I, I took some time, and I got before the Lord, and the Lord started really just speaking to me, just ministering to me, talking to me. And in particular, um, I, what I was teaching on last week is a, uh, a Hebrew word, Paga, P-A-G-A, uh, not P-G-A, P-A-G-A. And it is uh, literally when God crosses paths with us that the Bible is full of the idea that God meets with people. And those who seek his face, he sets up uh, Oh, just... Tons and tons of times where he crosses paths with us. One of the things I've talked about is when people say things like, I just can't hear from God, or it just doesn't, it doesn't seem like, you know, God's ever meeting me. I wonder if when we get to heaven and God kind of shows us all the times where he was crossing paths with, I wonder if our jaw will will fall open and we'll go, oh, how could I miss that? It is easy to miss. We always think that if God is speaking to us, it would be such a loud event. Even the burning bush with Moses, real quickly, here's what the Bible says about that event. It wasn't until God saw Moses turn aside to look at it that he spoke to him. He could have walked right by it, never paid paid any attention to it. We always think that God would yell at us to get our attention. The truth of the matter is, he waits to see if we're paying attention. And I wonder if sometimes we're just not paying attention and he's trying to get our attention. So I talked about that. It was one of those Pagah experiences where our paths crossed while we were in Israel. And the Lord really began to speak to me. Um, I, I, I was talking to him about wanting to celebrate the 20th anniversary, and it just didn't seem like it was gonna work out. And, and we felt like, hey, we'll, we'll put it into the 21st. And um, I just was, I was reading about things, the, the number 21 biblically, what it represents and what it means. And it's really a cool deal. I just started, um, started down that road, and God gave me this verse right here. This is what I started with last week, and I'll finish with this week. It's Genesis 47, 27, an obscure scripture. I bet uh, if you've read the Bible, you've read it, but you never pulled it out. You probably never thought twice about it. I could say, I, I don't even know how many times I read it, and um, it was one of those times where God just made it come alive to me, and this is what it says. One verse of scripture. Meanwhile, the people of Israel settled in the region of Goshen in Egypt. They acquired property They were fruitful, and their population grew rapidly. And the Lord just began to speak to me about the 21st year and going forward. And I felt like what the Lord said to me, these two things, uh, you've been faithful, and I'm going to bless you. It's a neat message to hear right there. It's better than you've been unfaithful and you're in trouble. How about that? You know what I'm saying. It was just a, a, it was a really, really uh, neat thing. There were five things in that scripture. Here's the three that I hit on last week. That word settled. It just said that they were settled. Pull that back up real quick. You guys went uh, by a little bit. Uh, Meanwhile, the people of Israel settled. I just felt like what the Lord said was that uh, we will settle. And here's what I admitted to last week, that over the last couple of years, it's been an unsettled time at JFC. Uh, some of it good, some of it bad, but here's the one thing about when things are unsettled. No one, no one loves change. Um, we can embrace it. We can find the joy on the other side of it, but during it, it can always seem to be just a little kind of weird. Uh, no question about it. To have people that have stood alongside of me since the church was here, to have them go out now and have their own churches, of course, that's a little bit unsettling, but it's a great thing at the same time. It's a wonderful thing. Spending time with, with where Dan and where Bob and where Evan are, um, man, it's just, it's incredible what God is doing with them and for them, and I'm, I'm excited for them, but I felt like what the Lord said <clears throat> is that coming into the next year, it would be settled. Not settled uh, just, just um, uh, down, but settle in, that there would be peace and that there would be just a, a time where things settle. So I, I, I was excited about that. The, it also says this. Um, you guys are going to you're gonna have to keep it up there. Um, I, I, they try to stay ahead of me, but this is, this is where, like, now they got to get behind me. Uh, meanwhile, the people of Israel settled in the region of Goshen. Goshen, here, here's what I learned when I studied that. I always, um, when I was a kid, for some reason, I always thought the land of Goshen was like an old spiritual that they would sing, and that it represented the promised land. Goshen actually is in Egypt. You can read it right there, the land of Goshen in Egypt. And here's what it was. It was the worst place in Egypt. It, it was the driest the most barren, the, the ugliest place in all of Egypt. And when um, Joseph brought his family to Egypt during um, the, the, the worldwide famine, Pharaoh gave the Israelites the worst place in Egypt for free. You know, big, big whoop. And here's what happened. because God's presence is with his people. it turned out to be the most fertile place in all of Egypt. It grew the best crops. It had, it had the best produce. The cattle did the best there. All of a sudden, the Egyptians were jealous and wanted it back, but because Pharaoh had said it publicly, he couldn't take it back. And it became the most fruitful thing. And I felt like what the Lord said was, man, I, I am going to turn what in your day and age, it's, it seems to be a barren time. I felt like what the Lord said, my presence makes everything fertile. It's why I took time when we're transitioning Uh, in between worship and the message, just to be in his presence. His presence, meant one moment of God's presence is better than a lifetime of your labor. He can do more in that moment to bless you, to strengthen you, to encourage you, to heal you, to lift you up. Those, we just, we need to find opportunities to be in God's presence, to recognize it and become present to, to his presence. So I felt like that's what the Lord said. Man, my presence can turn anything barren into something that's very fertile. Uh, then the acquired property idea. Now, I, I, I just said this. I don't know exactly what I'm saying, but I just know that um, God's got something for us. I'm not looking to, um, to go listen to the message and you'll find out what I was talking about. Um, really, really important. Um, um, yeah, yeah. We'll go there. All right, the next part of that verse. So meanwhile, the people of Israel settled. Goshen acquired property. That was last week. Here's what we'll do this week. Fruitful and grew rapidly. Fruitful and grew rapidly. So if you've got a pen or a pencil, that's the first one. One is just simply fruitful. Here's the opposite of fruitfulness. Sometimes you can use the tension of an opposite side of the coin to teach what you want to teach. So let me give a negative real quickly to then go after a positive. So here, here's, here's the idea. God wants us to be fruitful. Yes or no? Yes. So now when I say that, for many people, the idea automatically, it goes to money. Money is a part of being fruitful. But when you think of God's blessing, God's blessing is so much more than finances. Do you agree? Yes. I mean, like, here, here's what the Bible says. When God blesses us, he adds no trouble to it. So here's the thing. Most people just think, if I had money, I'd be okay. You, you can have money, but if people hate you, you can have money, and if you're sick, it doesn't help. You're, but some are like, well, let me try. I, I get it. I, do, I get it. But the, the point simply is, it's, I think we're preconditioned, trained, and I think a lot of teaching That goes in the idea of prosperity has been nothing more than just money, 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 money. Money is important, but God's blessing is far more than money. Because money alone is not, it's just not everything. It's not, it's not everything. So God tells us he wants us to be fruitful. I'm going to show you, I'm going to prove to you from scripture. Let me give you a negative real quick. Let me give you the opposite of fruitfulness. And this, I think the scripture kind of um, sums it up. It's from uh, Haggai, a minor prophet towards the end of the Old Testament. Um, Haggai actually, probably the only time that you've ever been taught a message from it, Haggai's the one uh, that says, you know, uh, test me in giving. Watch what I can do. But this part right here, I think, is so powerful. He talks about the, the opposite idea of what fruitfulness is. And this is what the prophet says. This is what the Lord of heaven's Army says, look at what's happening to you. Emphatic. You have planted much, but harvest what? You eat, but are not satisfied. You drink, and you remain thirsty. Right? Look at how this goes. You put on clothes, but cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear, as though you were uh, putting them in pockets filled with holes. Have you ever had that experience in your life? So we all have at one point or the other. Here, how about this? If you live your life like this for a long time, you're in deficit. You live your life like that for a long time, not only deficit, but you end up in a place where you are not fruitful, yes or no. You're in a constant deficit situation. And there are people who get into places in their life where they live like that. I'm not talking about a season or a job or a time. I'm talking about a place that you get into. It's it's a rut. So a rut is a grave with the ends kicked out of it. Okay, You die in that place right there. If you don't get out of it, you die in that place right there. And here's what this is simply saying, man. Uh, The opposite of being fruitful is a person who everything that they're doing is not working. You sow, but you can't reap. You eat, and you're never satisfied. You drink, and you can't quench that thing inside of you. No matter what you do, it feels like you're trying to stuff it inside, but it's falling out quicker than you can put it in. And that's the opposite of being a fruitful person. That is a fruitless person. And it is possible to get into that place. It is possible for people, groups, to get in that place. It's possible for countries to get in that place. It's the enemy's aim in a person's life is to take away fruitful living. It's God's will that you are fruitful. Let me, let me show you this. Um, Here, here's what I wrote in my notes, Uh, it's God's will that you are fruitful, so your prayer needs to be, God, align me with your will. So let me try that one, let me slow down. Here's your prayer, God, align me with your will. Not God, align yourself to me. God, align me to your will. So let me give you these scriptures, because they're really, really, like from the beginning of the Bible, going all the way through it, God teaches the idea that a person should be fruitful in their life. Uh, first one, Genesis one twenty-two, probably one that you've heard. Uh, I mean, man, this is, this is the original be fruitful uh, uh, scripture right here. Uh, then God blessed them, saying, say it with me, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. If it was just populate the earth, Why not just multiply? If it was just the idea, hey, fill it up, then why not just fill it up? But he takes the time to go to the first. Be fruitful. Here's the thought. In you, because God said that, it's a blessing that he put on every person. In you is the desire to do better because God gave that to you. If a person loses the desire to do better, it's because the devil has stolen something from them. Let me say it one more time. If a person, loo- when a person's in that place, I just, I quit. I can't do it. I don't want to do it. It's too tough. It's because the devil has stolen something from you. Inside of you naturally is the desire to do better because God blessed you with that. Be fruitful. It's God's will. It's, it's our prayer. If it's his will, God, align my life with what you say. I want to be fruitful. All right, how about, how about this right here? Uh, Psalms 1. One through three. This is this is my favorite song. Right, uh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. They delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. This part right here. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing. More, bearing each season. Their leaves never never wither, unlike my ash trees. And they prosper in all they do. Real quickly, how many of you would love to prosper in everything that you do? So here's the promise of Scripture right here. The person who loves to do right, who doesn't hang out with people who love to do wrong, but loves to do right, their mind is on God, they're aware and present to His presence, that person becomes like a tree planted by a riverbank. Now, Colorado, man, what a, what, what, what a barren climate we have at times. When you look out on the eastern plains, you know, we, we say we have trees. But you know, for those of you who come from the south or the east, we don't have any trees. We really do not have trees. If you go back east or you go south... I mean, trees are like when a squirrel could get in it and stay for miles. Here, they could go 10 feet, and it's, it's just an arid climate. But the one place, for those of you who have, you fly or you get out, the one place where trees are thick, any riverbank that goes out on the eastern plain, think about it for just a moment, those cottonwoods grow right next to it, and man, they get massively huge. And when everything else around is nothing but just brown and dirt, those trees do so well because they're planted by a riverbank. And here's the picture that God has given us. Those who are like that person who plant their lives by the river, they're in his presence. They, they plant themselves where he is. They, they align themselves with God. They're not like, hey, God, over here, come over here. They're like, God, where are you? I, I am pursuing you, I'm following. They're like a tree planted by a river. What happens is they begin to bear fruit and then everything that they do do instead of being uh, finding themselves short on on uh, um, uh, you know I don't have enough or I'm I'm thirsty I'm hungry. instead it's the opposite God it, he, he's abundant. Uh, Joel chapter two Th- this is an interesting one um, this if you if if you believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit that they're active and alive today. That not just in the first century, but that the Holy Spirit is still moving with gifts today. So Peter, on the day of Pentecost, um, when, when the, the entire group of people, are, are the Holy Spirit falls on them. Man, they're prophesying. They're speaking in tongues. Miracles are taking place. Uh, one of the, 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 the Jews that are observing this asked Peter, What is this Peter actually quotes from Joel? This was that spoken by the prophet Joel in the last day, says the Lord, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. All right, that's awesome. But a little bit further in that same chapter uh, is this this word that it's it's part prophecy, it's part encouragement, it's part just, you know, check this out. Uh, Joel chapter two, the Lord says, I will give you back what you what? Here, again, I'm just trying to show you the different ways that the Scripture points that God wants your life. What's been stolen from you, God wants to give back to you. So here's a question, real quickly. What is so important about those days that the devil wants to steal them from you? And what is so critical about those days that God promises to give it back? It's the fruitful years of your life that you can have. It's the, Jesus said in John 10, I came to bring life, not any life, the abundant life. When we connect that only to finances, what a waste to take the blessing of God and whittle it down to the small little part. God is so much greater than that. And I love, it's just, I'll give you back what's been stolen from. So even if I'm teaching right now and you think to yourself, man, that's been beat out of me. Here's God's promise. I'll give it back. You who said "woohoo, you get it. Thank you. You can't believe what a woo-hoo does for a preacher. <coughs> woo-hoo. <laughs> Jack. <laughs> woo-hoo to you too. Um. John ten ten the one I just I just quoted the thief's purpose is to steal kill and destroy here's why Joel here's why God says I'll give it there is a thief in our midst and the proof of a thief is that something is missing and if you're not fruitful something's been stolen from you that it's that is not a slam. Please look, look at how I'm talking to you right now. I'm not talking down. There's no animosity. It's not a, I'm not trying to chide you. I'm trying to encourage you right now. The evidence of a thief is that something has been stolen from you. And if you are not fruitful, it is God's will that you are fruitful. If you are not fruitful, something has been stolen from you. Whether it's the belief that you can be fruitful the actuality of fruitfulness, the abundance of God, the prosperity that He promises, everything that you do will prosper. Listen, it should not be unusual when we prosper. That should be the normal. It should be unusual when we don't prosper. But we live in a time of drought. When I was in junior high, we moved to California. This is in the 70s. Dinosaurs roamed the earth still and it was it was a long time ago, myra, long time. And it was during um you know we we, we look now we where did these droughts go? California's always been a drought, man. That's the climate there. There's just more people sucking more water now. That's that's what it is. But it it's a it's an arid climate, Southern California in particular. And living uh, at that time, San Diego area, they had these little public service commercials that would cut, co- yeah, uh-oh, it's right. It would come on the television because you probably know where I'm going with this. And here was the commercial, forgive the crudity of it. Is that a word, crudity? It is now, it is now isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Of course it is. Um, <laughs> if it's yellow, let it mellow. And if it's brown, flush it down. Yeah, you heard. You knew. Yeah. How many other churches you think are saying that this weekend? Right? Uh, <coughs> so here, here's my point. Listen, just real quickly. So when I say it, if you've never heard it, especially if you're sitting not you might think, God, how weird is it? it is weird. It's 100%. That, that's my point. That's not supposed to be normal. Just like it's not supposed to be normal if a believer is not prospering in their lives. And if all you do is reduce prosperity to money, you miss the point entirely. So maybe, maybe, let me flip it real quick. So what is fruitfulness exactly? If it's not just reduced down to finance, what is it? I think the best way to describe it would probably be Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit is. Here's a fruitful person. Okay, so I give you the opposite of it. I talked about the weirdness of not having it. I showed you scriptures where God wants us to have it. I've got uh, a a major one I need to come back to, but just real quickly. um, So, the fruit of the Spirit is these things love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and the all time favorite self control. This is funny, Uh, Joyce Myers said this. I thought it was brilliant. So the fruit of the Spirit starts with love, which is so big and allows everything, and ends with self-control, which is so narrow, isn't it? It's just an interesting thought, like two bookends. Here's what I think is interesting. If you are a fruitful person, then you're producing more love, more joy. So, So let's stop here. If you're not fruitful, those things are being stolen from you. If there is not joy happening in your life, I'm not talking about a bad moment. I'm not talking about the loss of a person. I'm not talking about a a long-enduring time where you're, you're less love and less joy. Something is being stolen from you. You are a fruitful person if you're producing more. How about this? Let me say it this way. You're not trying to be fruitful. That's not the point. Fruitful is an outcome of a person whose life is in the presence of God. In your presence is fullness of joy. joy. You're not trying to be... No fruit tree. You never see a... Apple tree sweating. Ah. Oh, I know I can't. I know I can't. I know I can't. Ah. Never. How st- it's ludicrous. So no believer should ever sweat the fruit of the Spirit either. It's an outcome of a position that you're in with God. I think that's good. So. Yeah. Wow. 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 Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 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 Tractor beam. We're connecting. Okay, John 15. Look at this real quick. Maybe the most famous uh, teaching that we have directly from Jesus on the idea of uh, being a fruitful person. I'm the true grapevine, or the vine. Maybe that's you're you're probably used to it being said. I'm the vine, but he's he's referring uh, to to being a, a, a grapevine. So I'm the I'm the true grapevine. He's using an analogy that people right then and there, would have got easily. I'm the true grapevine, and my father ultimately is the gardener. He owns it all. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes. Look at this. He prunes the branches that do bear fruit. Let me just stop. Don't take that off. Leave it there for a moment. Is it possible to be bearing fruit and have difficulties then in life? Heck yes. You're not doing anything right. You're doing everything Right? To be fruitful and to have God go, I'm going to get more, means a pruning. We think fruitful and now I can coast. And God's like, oh, man, we're going to a next level. So it is possible to have equally opposing things going on in your life. In one part, you can be so blessed. And in another part, it can seem so difficult and you're not doing anything wrong. In fact, it might be the proof you're doing everything right. But we never prayed, you know, like, hey, prune me. That's never, nobody ever. <laughs> you ever prayed? You never prayed that, Had Prune me. You know, we never pray. You know the interesting, you never have to pray that either. God's not like, I wish they'd pray that. So He's just, we're going to do that. Um s- He prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more fruit. And then um, this skips to verse eight and nine. So so, uh, from three through seven, he just teaches more about that idea. But then he he goes right here. I have loved you, even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love when you produce much fruit. Please, man, like, Whatever you have to do to get your mind to hear this and see this, do it right now. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to who? Just look at me real quick. So one more time I'm going to say it. I've said over and over, it's God's will that you're fruitful. Can you argue that it's God's will that you're fruitful? I mean, this, this is Jesus at the core of everything he's doing in our lives As disciples and followers of Christ, here is his purpose to produce fruit in us. And when we produce fruit, more fruit. Because when we produce fruit, it brings glory to the Father. It's that idea of like artwork that I talked about a few weeks ago. All artwork never screams in and of itself. It screams of the person who sculpted it, painted it, drew it, uh, put it together, chiseled it. The artwork screams about the artist. Your life being fruitful doesn't say, look how good. Awesome, you are. It says, Look how awesome your God is. Right. How awesome. So it brings God great glory when His people are fruitful. But you can be fruitful and have difficulties at the same time. There's no question about that. Being fruitful isn't the goal, that's not the thing that you need to pay attention to. It is not your job to make yourself fruitful. Your job. Listen, real quickly. Your job is to abide in the one who makes you fruitful. Okay, so that idea of abide, real quickly. Um, It's in the Old Testament, in Hebrew. It's in the New Testament, in Greek. We have a modern word for it today. The modern word for abide is hotel. Listen, It's it's a... a negative used to show a positive. Here's the idea. When you go to a hotel, you check in, but you also check back out. You're there for a moment, a day, two days, if you're unlucky, a week. Yes? Anybody in here that has to travel, the, the excitement of going to a hotel wears off real quickly. Yes or no? I mean yeah, amen. You it is at first if you don't go to a hotel of course they're exciting but if you have to spend a great part of your life it doesn't matter how nice the hotel is it's not home and that's abiding. Listen to me. You might visit a hotel but you live at home. And so it uses this opposite idea to express a truth. Abiding is not like a hotel that you check in. It's the house that you stay at. The place that you live at. The place that you you remain at that place. You're not trying... If you go home and you're I just can't stay here. Something's wrong. Home is the place where you want to go to. It's the place that you long to be. When the Bible talks about heaven, it uses the same word as our home. The place we abide. This is what you... In abide, your job is to abide, man. Go there and stay there. Don't give up. Don't do it part-time. Don't do it every once in a while. Don't visit it. Go there and stay there in the presence of God. Does that make sense? It's that person. Then you're not trying to be fruitful. That's not your goal. Your goal is to abide. The outcome of abiding is fruitfulness. We will. Uh, let, me, let me hit the population growth part. I didn't have a better way to say it. Uh, I searched and searched. Um, <laughs> I, can, I, can you pull that Genesis scripture back up for me real quick? And let me just look at it again. Um, yeah, there we go. Meanwhile, the people of Israel settled in the region of Goshen in Egypt. They acquired property. They were fruitful. And then that last, um, that last part... Their population grew rapidly. Their population grew rapidly. So that's why I felt like what the Lord was saying. And so before you just go, every pastor thinks that. Let me tell you what I mean by it. First, uh, I believe it started last Wednesday at 4.40 in the morning. Let me show you. Our population uh, increased. Where, where is it? It's, it's that green beauty. There we go. Yeah. Woo-woo. Okay. So that's Daniel and Holly's. That's number 10 for us. And her name is Lucy Leach. <laughs> Lucy Leach. So I take the first two letters of her name and the last two. She's going to be Luli to me. That's who she is. So that is Lucy Leach. So population growth. Uh, that's it right there. I just wanted to show you my granddaughter. That's that. um <laughs> Mother and daughter are doing fine, and um, the family's doing great. Malachi, uh, almost appreciated. Um, Came that close. Um, Let me read a scripture to you. This is from Luke chapter 9, 16 and 17. It's part of a greater story. Um, It's actually uh, a story about Jesus in one of his miracles, the fish and the loaves. And so just real quickly uh, to pull it together, Jesus is teaching in a remote area of the Galilee region, northern Israel, um, at a time when to, to take care of you know, 50 people would be difficult, so multiply that, there's 5,000 plus, 5,000 men plus women and children, maybe there's 15,000 people or more that he's been ministering to all day, They come to the end of the day, the sun is setting rapidly, they've come from all over Israel to hear him teach, to to have him heal, to be a part of the miracles themselves, to witness it. Salvation has, it's here, it's come and they're excited and they've come by the thousands and they come to the end of the day and the disciples realize, Jesus, you've got to let them go. If if you go any longer, it's gonna be dark and it's dangerous, and there there's no there is no seven eleven. There's no there's nothing. Let them go so they can go find something to eat. And Jesus says he's apt to do, twists it on them real quickly. You give them something to eat. We don't have anything except. We don't have anything except what I love about that, is, whatever you have is what God can use, man. Whatever, whatever, it, it's not outside of the house. It's in the house. You have enough in your life, right? You, you don't need God to do something in order for you to do something. You've got, you just need to give what you have to Him. And so we have a few loaves and a couple of fish. Jesus says, bring them here to me. And then Jesus' pattern in, in anything that He did... These three things, these three things. He blesses, he breaks, and he gives it away. Blesses, breaks, gives. Blesses, breaks, gives. So I taught uh, this a couple different. A girl uh, recently showed me a tattoo that she got on her wrist that said, blessed, broken, and given. You're preaching if they get a tattoo of it. You know that's the case. That's the so uh, <laughs> Jesus took the five loaves... And the two fish, he looked up towards heaven and the three things, he blessed them, he broke them, go to the next next part, and he kept giving, blessed, broken, given, giving the bread and the fish to the disciples so that they could distribute it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted and afterwards the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover. Okay, real quickly, here's what I felt like the Lord told me. When you're willing to give it, The kingdom of God, before it multiplies, it divides. There's a broke, okay. We were thousands in multiple places and I felt like what the Lord said was, give it away. Don't ask for anything. Don't make them pay for anything. Give it away. Gave away many people much resource, many locations, pastors that I love and that I spent years training and didn't ask for a return, give it. Because the kingdom of God, when it breaks, when one thing can become two, then God can multiply it as he gives it out. Does that make sense? So I feel like this is what the Lord said. There is a formula here for those who like formulas. Blessed, broken, given. Multiplication comes with division, not ugly division, but righteous division. When you give it to God and you let him break it, he can then multiply. it. I feel like this is what the Lord said, because you were willing to give it, I'll give it to you. Now, for those who call me pastor, know me, this is your church. The ambition of this pastor has never been to be a mega church pastor. If it was when we built this facility and we filled it up, I would have torn it down, bought a bigger one and tried to say, just, Just me, but I never said that. Keeping it smaller and giving it away has always been the idea. So what I'm saying, population growth, I don't think thousands are coming, That's, that's not it at all. But I do think there's a multiplication of what we've been doing in ministry that's about to come back to us in a powerful way. I think the kingdom of God is gonna see something happen in our area. I think the movement of the Holy Spirit is gonna be greater in our area. Blessed, broken, and given. There is something to the idea that if you can give it to God, every part of your life is, if you can give your marriage and allow God to break the pride out of it, He can multiply back the faithfulness of it. If you can give Him your finances and give it to Him and allow Him to divide, that's when the multiplication, all of the kingdom of God works on that principle. It all, woo woo, somebody comes. I mean, it's like a, uh, you say those things and people are like, Are you trying to get? I'm not trying to get. Oh my goodness, I don't want anything. I'm not, it's not a manipulation to, to take an offering or to ask. There's no ugly, ill, sideways motivation. There's just to folks see this. Whatever the Holy Spirit would tell you, that's what you go home and do. I don't need anything from you. There's no offering I'm asking for. There's no building I want. There's nothing I need you to commit. Whatever God is telling you in your life, get the, instead of holding it like this, give it like this. Because if you'll give it to Him and He breaks it, He can multiply it and then it's blessed. Then it's blessed. And we're always just thinking if I got more, the formula to more is to give it away. What you sow is what you reap that makes sense? Yes. Oh, easy to say, hard to do. I get that. I get that. But here's what we say, God, we want to align ourselves to you. If This is what you're doing and what you are and what you want. We want to align ourselves to you. Okay. I'm, I'm at the end of my message. Just, you know, we're talking, we're strategizing, we're asking, uh, okay, God, what do, you, what do you want us to teach about? Uh, and in that is there anything that you want said in particular beyond what we're teaching? And then when we come to the end of it, we're asking the question, even moments before uh, the start of any service, we're asking the question, how are we ending it? What does God want to do? Is there a, an opportunity to do ministry? Do, are, is, are we just praying? Do we worship? What are we doing? If we don't hear anything, our default is to worship. We, we think that's the way to do it. If we do hear something, then we want to do that thing. The blessed, broken, and given thing. I feel like it can be such a metaphor for our lives that there are times we just feel so blessed and there's times that we feel broken and there's times that we're being given. And it seems cyclical to me that one of those things is always seeming to be happening. We're blessed, we're broken, or there's multiplication taking place and we're trying to figure out. And I don't know where you are, now, I don't know what you're going through, but I know the one who does know. Yes. And I know the one who loves you so much that he set up this time, look at me real quick, for a Paga experience. He wants to cross paths with you right now. He wants to draw you into him if you'll become present to his presence. And so I, 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 I guess I want to pray and I'm going to ask you for a response. If you feel like you can be bold enough uh, to do that and then... Um, And then Tom's got a song that we'll do here at the end that's important. And I think, um, I I don't know the word other than it's the settling of the Holy Spirit on it. Um, The benediction that the Lord would cause his his face to shine upon us and give us peace. So Father... um, Holy Spirit, our prayer, you know, it's not suddenly. It's that at all times we're asking for Jesus to be Lord and for you to direct what we're doing. And Fathers, we come uh, just to the end of this particular uh, teaching. Holy Spirit, right now, what, what do you want to do? I'm more than comfortable enough to just wait on you and to ask you to let you prepare, to let you draw. What do you want to do right now? Who do you want to minister to? Father, who's come crying out for you, and you designed this moment in space and time to meet them. Mm. So maybe that's just as simple as it is. If you find yourself in that place of praying to be blessed, but feeling like you're broken. And if you feel like it's all being given out and there's nothing that's going to come back, that's just the enemy of your soul. It's the thief and the liar trying to steal and deceive you right now. You can't give anything to God, a relationship, a prayer, a dream, a hope, a child, a parent, a marriage. There's not one thing you can give to God. he won't be faithful to do what he said he would do and if you feel like you're just at that place man where man it's just pastor I feel like self-preservation I'm having trouble trusting right now I'm trying to describe what I feel like the Holy Spirit is putting in my heart It's difficult. I I wanna grab it back because I just don't know what's gonna happen and Can you trust God in the broken? As funny as it sounds, again, the principle is in that division God can multiply. And I just feel like God is speaking to someone very directly right now. And I know it's vulnerable and I I do not want to uh, embarrass you or put pressure on you. But man, I just feel like God wants to cross paths with you in that place. And if you can hear what I'm saying, it makes sense to you. And you're like, Pastor, that's me. And I need you just to pray for me. Remember me. I need, I need for God to be God right now. I need help. Maybe even desperate. Maybe it feels desperate. And you don't know why. Why it's happened to you or why you're going through it or... what the enemy would love to bring evil with, God can use for good. And if you just say, Pastor, remember me when you pray. Put your hand up real quick. Just pray for me, John. That's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can put them back down. Holy Spirit, that's a very, very vulnerable place that people are getting real with right now. They're letting their guard down. They're actually doing it in front of people. They're trusting. They're hoping. They're calling. Father, right now in space and time, as we're aware of your presence, that's what the response was. We're aware that God is talking, aware that God is here. aware that God is speaking. Father, every hand represents a different situation and there were so many, so many. But you're the God who's more than enough, the God who is able, the God who knows what we have need of before we ask and you delight when we ask. And every one of these men and women that cry out to you right now, God. There's just an expectation. Be God, Father. Bless as you break, pour out your grace, and as you give, so it can multiply. Father, fill our lives. Fill our lives. Hmm. Fill our lives. Holy Spirit, fill our lives. Fill our lives. Guys, we just worship you right now. Settle. Help. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship.